Hello, good day. Welcome to Shepherd the Sheep. Gina and I are sitting down today with Thomas, who is being considered for elder, and we are going to interview him, uh, talk a little bit about our elder process before, and then just allow you to get to know Thomas a little bit, even though we're pretty sure most of you uh, know him pretty well. So welcome, and let's let Anthony start us off. It is morning. It's morning here. somewhere. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, Christmas time. Yeah, it's always five o'clock somewhere. It's always morning somewhere. It's always the next day somewhere too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the world's never on the same day, is it? Nope. Fun fact, though, Guam is where America's Day begins. Hmm. Just throwing that out there. Oh, that's so, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So they're in the future. <coughs> is that is there a Dunkin' Donuts on Guam? Uh there should no, be. No, there's a Winchells. Oh. Yeah. That's fair. And they serve clam chowder at the Winchells. Oh, so it's see. it's like ten times better than the Winchells here. Yeah. I actually like Winchells better than Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Agreed. Good morning. I thought you were going to give me a three, two, one and throw <laughs> it to me as an introduction, but I just wanted to point out it's now called Dunkin'. Oh, it's not Dunkin' Donuts anymore. What? No, it's called Dunkin'. Well, yeah, you can't. They're not really donuts. That's why so you can't call them donuts. That's that's this. What what is going on? <laughs> What's going? What is it like? Well, this is crazy. I mean, I've heard of communism, but this is this is there. Yeah. Mm. Hey, so Thomas, welcome. Thank you. Glad you're here. Me too. Yeah, so, uh, we'll get to Thomas' introduction here in a second, but uh, dawned on us right as we were doing the uh, kind of pregame talk that we haven't talked about the elder process uh, for a while, but I think we have, do we have a podcast on this? I think we mentioned it when we talk about leadership somewhere, yeah, okay. somewhere there. That's right. Yeah. We talk about it. I, to me, we talk about it enough that it's like, I can always remember talking about it, but then it's like, Oh yeah, I do know you got to talk about the same thing a lot of times in a church. Agreed. Yeah, Cause you've new people, people listening in, not sure if they want to come to this church. Um, so if you're listening to this and you don't know our process, let me just give you the five-minute overview. And then after five-minute overview, uh, Gino can uh, fact-check me and correct me. And then um, we'll get into Thomas. And if you have questions, uh, you can always text me. You can email me. You can text Gino. You can email Gino. You can text any of the elders. You can ask us questions. You can disagree with our process too. That's fine uh, if you're attending another church and your church does it differently, I'm sure your church actually does it the best, most wisest way for your church. And I, that's important to say because, um, you know, in my younger years, I thought every church has to do things the exact same way. And then I came to realize that there's actually a lot of biblical principles and wisdom means that they don't always look the same way. So though we all may be using the same coloring book, if you want your bunny to be brown and we want our bunny to be red and gray, 
then that's okay. Like yep. it's like nobody's yeah. So God is not displeased with the brown bunny or the red and gray bunny. <laughs> yeah. Just you gotta put some kind of coloring on it. You can't leave it blank and say it's a white bunny. I don't know why. But art teachers in school hated that. You had to put some kind of color on it. I was like, but I want the bunny to be white. No. Interesting. Yep. Fun story. <laughs> I've never color, colored these bunnies, so. I well, no you know, every, everyone's Oklahoma elementary school is yeah. great. Yeah. So. All right. So in First Timothy 3 and Titus 1, uh, Paul gives instruction to Timothy and Timothy, Titus and Titus, and both situations a little different, but uses similar language in both um, in both directions and provides basically an overview direction in Titus 1 that, um, hey, I left you in Crete so that you would put what remained in order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. So one of Titus's job is to was to look around the congregation and appoint elders. Now that brings up the million, million, million dollar question, who do you appoint? And so uh, the Bible does talk extensively about this, and this is why this is very important, is that we follow the Bible. Because let's be fair, it's tempting to look out around the congregation and say, who are our successful businessmen? Uh, and some congregations go, who are successful business women and make them the leaders of the church because obviously they know what they're doing in business. So therefore they might, if they know what they're doing in business, they must know what they're doing in the church. Well, um, not to discredit any of those men or women because there are a lot of great business owners who run, who, who run businesses, who are godly people, who are excellent people. Um, and there are business owners who, um, have no idea what it means to run a church. And so by run a church, what I mean is come under the authority of Jesus Christ and serve people the gospel and understand the authority that is given to the elders of some level of oversight in the church's body life uh, to, to make decisions for the church, whether they be admin, business, like building, you know, pay, those kind of decisions, uh, but also decisions that legitimately affect people's soul, uh, you know, in terms of what are we preaching, what's our discipleship look like. What does our ministry look like? Uh, and also the nasty, dirty part of the job that um, uh, is not as fun. Uh, and hopefully it's not fun for anybody. And that is actually having to like deal with people that um, do not want to repent or profess to be believers. But from what we can tell, um, and again, God knows the heart. So I say this with a little bit of a uh, little fear and trepidation with this because uh, an acknowledgement that I don't, none of us ever know the heart of an individual, but right, that part of the job that you have to come alongside somebody and say, hey, listen, uh, you're divisive, and so we're going to ask you to leave, or you're not repentant, and we're going to take you out of the membership role. Uh, it's not a punishment. It's just this reality that um, the church has, has confronted you, and you've not, so you know, you've not repented. There seems to be no faith. So um, this is for your soul's sake. And so, right, some very tough decisions elders have to make. Well, just because you're good at business doesn't mean you're good at people. And just because you're good at business doesn't mean you under, you have the convictions or the patience or the fruit of the spirit to lead people. And um, so a new convert, right? If um, uh, who is the famous oil mogul? Uh, like if Rockefeller or give me some other names. Uh, Rockefeller's right. Yeah. Yeah. Rockefeller is the old, yeah. old one. Yeah. And then Boone Pickens. Well, he just passed away. Mm. But Boone Pickens or Steve Jobs or Elon Musk was at our church. Um, there would be somebody who would say, well, that's, this guy should be on your elder board because look at how successful his business is. Well, 
again, like if Elon Musk were here, it would mean he's a brand new believer. Hmm. And so you would not want to hand spiritual oversight over to a brand new believer. So Titus and Timothy talk about this and they talk about the elder must be above reproach. And there's a lot of debate on that, but the best way to define above reproach is to realize that the text actually clearly articulates what it means to be above reproach. So uh, one woman, man, uh, his children are faithful, not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. Uh, he's a steward, uh, not arrogant or quick tempered, not a drunk, not violent. He's not greedy. Uh, he is able to be friendly to outsiders. He loves what is good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm the trustworthy word is taught so that he may be able to give instruction. So uh, at some level, now, some there again, all of everything I just said has some level of debate in it in terms of what precisely that means. But uh, you have to you have to figure out what that means, and every church has to figure out what that means. And every church also, at some level, you have to have the video for that. So like, okay, what does that look like? And your elder needs to look that part. So you'll notice in there, there wasn't anything that said you have to be perfect. There wasn't anything that said you never make a mistake. And by the way, the, the both of those, that what I just said is legitimately a problem in some churches. Um, I can name names of individuals. I'm not going to obviously that, that though they would say, of course, an elder is not perfect. Um, the second an elder messes up, that elder's fired or the second the elder makes a mistake, that elder's let go or, uh, and that can create all kinds of problems where elders then are not, uh, willing to admit their fault because they don't want to lose their position, which again is the, is a very destructive place to be already. Hmm. So, um, elders do make mistakes. They do mess up. They do, they do have to ask forgiveness. They do sin. Um, but, but the thing about being an elder as Paul says in uh, Corinthians, imitate me as I imitate Christ, is if you go to an elder and you confront them and like, hey, I think you're being sinful in this way, like they're going to sit down and they're going to listen to you. They're going to work with you. They may be a little defensive at first too, like, right? Especially if your approach was like hard-headed and bullish, like because hard-headed and bullish approaches automatically put people on the defensive. But but it's over over the time of that conversation, I think an elder will calm down, even if it, it may take a couple of days too, by the way. So, right? So the whole point is that he's not going to be pugnacious and argumentative and anger-filled all the time, right? So um, that that being said, right? So when you when you come and you confront them and address them, they are going to like listen to you. They're going to ask forgiveness, right? If they were in sin. They're going to confess, okay, you know what, you're right, um, I never noticed that about me, or you're right, I was short-sighted with you, or you're right, I, you know, whatever the sin was, please forgive me, and that, right, because you're going to be able to imitate them, and so, you, you, you know, and part of that imitation is, you know, let's say you found out that one of the elders had an argument with his wife this week, well, if you came to me and said, that's ridiculous. He's not an elder. I would be like, well, then none of us are elders. It was like, well, how did the situation get resolved? Well, apparently they sat down and he really listened to his wife and he understood his wife and he asked forgiveness and she asked forgiveness and they decided to really work on this conflict. And they said, it might take some time to really figure this out, but they're going to work on it. Right. At that point, you're like, well, yeah, that's, that's what a godly person should do. That that's what a spirit filled person should do. So that is, you know what I mean? Like that to me, that's actually qualifications of an elder. So you have to kind of get into this and realize, right, that 
that when you read it, it takes 30 seconds to read these paragraphs. But when you really start to flesh out what does that look like, that becomes a different thing. And so I would argue the above approach is characteristics. So sober-minded means really habitually he's sober-minded. Self-controlled habitually so he's self-controlled. Uh, respectable habitually he's respectable. If you kind of mean like, well, there was this one time where he wasn't he wasn't as respectful to a stranger as I thought he should be, I'd be like, okay, one time out of how many engagements? Well, right, but... But the way we work is sometimes with that, those one things become big things. And so we're, we're very good at humans are taking molehills and turning them into mountains and then defining people's characteristic for one bad day. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes had one bad outburst at a media report. Well, he had a bad day. So, you know what I mean? Like, let's hopefully, hopefully he doesn't get defined by that, even though I'm not a Chiefs fan and I enjoyed watching them lose. Go Bills. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? So all that to say, right, that like, let's not let that one thing define the man. So you have to look at the totality of who this person is. And here's, here's really the crux. So kind of define characteristic, by the way, gosh, this is why you can have a whole podcast on it. When it comes to character, what your primary, when it comes to elder, I would say character is a bigger deal than ability to teach. And again, I would push back on a lot of evangelicalism and I would push back on a lot of master seminary guys to be fair, uh, that some of them are overtly more concerned with speaking abilities than character. And the text emphasizes character more than speaking abilities. Why? Because ministry is a people business and we are representing God to people. And the way we conduct ourselves, this is important as what we believe and what we articulate in a message. So characters played up here in a really, really big way for an important reason. And we need to take that into consideration that character is the big deal. And in first Timothy three, six, he says, um, he's got to be able to manage his household. Well, he must not be a recent convert. Why? Because then if he's a recent convert, he may become puffed up with conceit. And there is something about empowering somebody before they, before he or before he is able to, um, navigate that, that empowerment, right? It's a responsibility, and there's a reason why you don't send your kid to provide for the family at 12 years old, right? There, there's just, you've got to grow into that responsibility. And unfortunately, uh, youth and young believers can um, become a little too puffed up with power and titles. And so it's just the, it's just the nature of man. And Paul acknowledges that. Uh, so he says, look, don't, don't let him be a recent convert. Uh, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace or the snare of the devil. Uh, later in first Timothy four, Paul will circle back around and talk about being slow to lay hands on people. And now this is where we're getting closer to Thomas here. Um, be slow to lay hands on people. Well, why? Because some men's sins go before them. Look, when, when there's somebody in the church who's struggling with alcohol, uh, they're a drunk or somebody in the church who's like, you know, is struggling with pornography, like their sins go before them. Um, or they're in debt because they have no self-control with their finances. Like their sins are obviously on display, but there are some people who can hide that sin for really for quite a while. And so one of the reasons why you go slow is because it's hard to hide closet sins over a long period of time. Mm. And at some point it's going to come out. And the interesting part is there's actually a time period in my head. I've noticed that some guys have been hiding and there's, there's this like time period where they just get frustrated. And so people with wrong motives get exposed 
by making them be patient. And um, so part of it, not, and we, obviously we don't go into this process thinking Thomas, we need to expose Thomas, but, but there's a reason why you go slow. There's also part of that, that you want to see the deacons are tested. You want to see how does the elder handle trials? How does he handle difficulty? How does he handle struggles? How does he handle pressure? How does he handle stress? How does he handle when things don't go his way? How does he handle when things go his way? All of those are things you have to think about and consider because all of those are potential issues that if, if you're ungodly in the way you handle them, it's like giving a, it's like putting them in a bulldozer and saying, okay, now go shop for China in that fine China shop. And he's just going to destroy the China, mm. you know? And so you got to be slow because they, elders need to know how to navigate. And, you know, look, many times in our life, things don't go the way we want it to go. You're working with somebody, they won't repent, and it's not going the way you want it to go. And are you going to get frustrated and kick them out? And and you know, are you gonna are you gonna like become a bull in a china shop because they're not doing what you know God wants them to do? Or are you going to be that gentle mom in First Timothy in First Thessalonians where where Paul says, "I came among you and I loved you like a mom uh, loves her nursing baby." Right. And so you've got to maintain that. And and that's not to say that elders are, there's never a time for an elder elders to step up and say, Hey, look, and have that tough conversation of you're too divisive for this church. So we're going to ask you to leave. Right. So that there is a meekness in the elder role where the strength comes out, but you want to be slow to get there. And so you have to see, you have to see that in the lives of individuals. And the, the only way to do that is time. You can't rush it. You can't make them take a test. You can't send them down and ask them hypotheticals. I mean, anybody can give the right answer in a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. I mean, I answered questions in my history class that I disagreed with the professor's answer because I knew if I just gave them my answer it was a B, if I gave them their answer it was an A. Right? Well, I'm not an idiot. Here, this is what you're looking for. I'll give you what you're looking for. Right. Even though you ignored six facts about that event, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah, it's good. 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 Um, short five minutes there. It's good. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know how long that took. Sorry. No, no, that was helpful though. Um, and I don't want to beat beat a dead horse or anything. So, uh, but but you did mention business owners, and it's interesting that the one of the at least most companies, right? The 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 main qualification is can you change the bottom line, and that's really uh, you know there's not there's not a character. Um, uh, they don't have to fulfill, fulfill any character kind of um, things or anything like that. But uh, you know, with with an elder, character is such an important thing because making disciples is the job, uh, and you're leading that. I mean, it's all of our jobs, obviously, but we're kind of leading the charge. And so, you know, what do you want a disciple to be? You want him to be like Jesus Christ. But really, that's in essence, right? You're you're managing the flock, representing Christ. And hopefully we're reflecting Christ's priorities, actions, a way of thinking, uh, and way of serving uh, to the people so that they can um, copy and emulate that. So, yeah, agreed. Yeah. So for us, our process is watching individuals and making sure characters above reproach as best we can tell. And then working with them enough to find out, can this person work with us? And then also just kind of looking through the process, which is why the process takes forever. How does this person handle this? How does it respond? Can we work with them, right? And yeah. there are some people that we can't, that that I love to death, they're hard to work with. Because mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we have this problem. 
How do we address it? And some people you spend like 45 minutes talking about how you're going to talk about the problem. And you're like, wait, we just spent all this time and we never got to the problem. Right. Those people, as much as I love them, they're not ready to be an elder Mm -hmm. because like guys, like Mm -hmm. we got to start addressing the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Without overlooking important issues either. Yes. Yeah. And that only time can bring those kinds of character. Well, I don't know if that's a character thing or not. It could be a personality thing sometimes or just the way their brain works. And yeah. maybe they need, they need to navigate that as they work with people. Um, and maybe maybe that, that's what it is. It's a, it's it's like a, you got to you have to work with people. Yeah. There's, there's no way around it. So, yeah. And you can't assume that de- that people are like a deadline. Yeah. I can write a 15 page paper, edit it, turn it in, and that's good to go. People aren't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you if they were like that, the second you corrected your kid for one mistake, you would never have to correct him for that same mistake ever again. Ooh, yeah. And no right. parent that I know <laughs> has ever been like, oh, I just ever, my kids are perfect because I told them once and they never did it again. Mm-hmm. It's like, nope. And if you think that, well, that's a problem. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk for five more minutes about the process of laying hands on Thomas. Then we're going to end this podcast and we're going to start another one where we interview Thomas. That way people can listen to the overview and then move on. Oh, okay. Yeah. So is that fair? So Thomas, from your perspective of this process, uh, there were probably times where you're like, are we actually doing this? Or, um, you know, uh, right. Cause it's a pretty long process. So you've mm-hmm. been going through this for a couple of years. How was it on your end? You know, it, <sighs> For the most part, because other times where it was like, okay, is this going to happen? And, and I would get out of that mind space pretty quick and be like, you know, this isn't like, you know, my mind will go back to the business where like, like, hey, a promotion, you know, and and, and you just, yeah, like I, I would go to like weird places and get it out. And that's usually when I kind of talk to you guys or, or what have you. But for the most part, and I think even when I go back to like, Maybe not so much college days, maybe a little bit because I, I worked then. But when I got into the working world, it was more like, like this is in front of me and I'm going to be faithful to it. And whether there's a title attached or not, right? If you're the CEO, the VP, a line worker, um, you know, you, there's a work ethic there that, that you have. Or, or maybe you don't. That like this is what's in front of me. So this is what I'm going to be faithful to. So in that sense, I didn't worry about it. You know, it wasn't a thing, you know. Um, you, you came to me and, and, okay, that's wonderful. Or when it was, when I became a deacon, like, that's wonderful. But, you know, I was still going to do what I was going to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it, it wasn't like, okay, this is on the table, so I'm going to start doing this. It was never in my mind. Um I don't know, maybe it's that hospitality background, that, that sales background where it was always about, you know, my customer, not, not about me. That I think part of, you know, that, that training in my life kind of carried over and, and you look back and it's like, okay, you're, you're being prepared for, for these things. I, f- I hear myself going in and out. Do you? Yeah, it's, it's, you're, okay. it's cause it's, I'm turning my head. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yep, that's okay. Um, so it's just, kind of been that way if it if it, it, it you know if it came down that that you know the lord put it out i'm i'm not to be an elder that's fine nothing's changing tomorrow right 
I'm still going to be faithful to what's in front of me. I'm still going to do what I do on Sunday. I'm still going to do what I do on Thursday night, teaching the, the, like, it doesn't change. So that's kind of been my thing, but yeah, it's a long process. Um, But there's also the thing, I, I, I trust you guys. And I trust your your roles in this, your wisdom, right? You're my elders. I submit to you. And that's what it is. Yeah. So I'm I'm not going to be disappointed. It is different than the business world, though, right? So much different. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the big thing because, you know, I I literally Kelly and I it was kind of building up to it, and and I said I'm just going to leave the business world. <clears throat> and, and you know, I was probably at the, the top of where I was going to be in business and, and just said January 1, when we come back from New Year's, I think it was January 3rd, that I called head Japanese guy one at the company and, and said, I'm going to resign uh, and, and I'm going to go become a volunteer because I feel like the Lord's pulling me this way and I'm going to be faithful to that. You know, I'm going to let go. Um, you know, and the business part was done, but it, but it, yeah, you kind of go back into that, you know, the organization part, the hierarchy part. Um, you really have to learn patience and grace, you know, and, and I saw that a lot from a lot of people in the church, uh, deacons, elders. And those were things that definitely had to be kind of massaged in my life. Um Learn some new things, learn some, unlearn some things. Uh, and I, I think that, that that took a while, hmm. especially when you're in, in sales. Either made the sale or you didn't. You hit your numbers, you did. It's very, 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 very black and white. Yep. Uh, so it's very easy to measure. It's very easy to tell somebody, you know, you're not making it, so we have to get rid of you and get somebody else in. It doesn't work that way in, in, in this world, right? Yeah. So, um, much, much, much different, much better. Yeah. They kind of like a lot of companies will promote based on potential of, we think if we give him these responsibilities, he could meet this end. Yeah. It's the classic thing of making the best sales guy, the sales manager. Yeah. And he, he might have no skills in managing people. And you just took your highest producer off the line and made him a manager. You hurt yourself twice. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's not always that way. Yep. Uh, exactly. And the difference is in ministry, it's not about potential mm-hmm. as an elder. Because in a way, we're not doing anything that anybody else can't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's because kind of like to, to throw my angle on what you were saying earlier, you are doing... Right, you had a Bible study, so you're teaching. The title doesn't, it's not the title that makes somebody pick up the phone and care. It's not the title that makes somebody spend time and invest. It's not the title that does that. If you need the title to do those things, then you're not ready to do those things. No offense, right? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like, and so if you're, if you're a guy listening, you're like, I want to be an elder. Okay, cool. But if nobody knows you and you're never around, man, do you, you're not. There's no, there's no intelligent, wise human being that will give you a job. Now, I know there are churches in this valley where you can go and you can teach 
you can walk in the door, sign a dotted line, and you can have your own Bible study by the end of the week. That's fair. But that's fair that they do that. However, I would push back that that's not good for your church's soul because character matters in teachers. Mm-hmm. And so just to allow somebody to teach and sign the dotted line and be like, you know, we've had guys come here and they'll come and they'll visit and they'll pull me aside after service and be like, yeah, I'm moving here from, you know, Kentucky and I got a Bible study. I've had a Bible study for six years and I'm looking to come over here and carry my ministry on and have a church partner with me. Nope. Have a good day, sir. Bye. You're not, you're not beneficial to any church. If you really wanted to lead people, you come in and be like, Hey, what do I need to do to serve? And because you would realize, Hey, these people don't know me. And it would be, it would actually be detrimental for the church just to trust my previous church. Yeah. And just let them come in and start doing what they want to do. You know, as you mentioned that, the again, that, that aspect of wisdom comes into mind. Um, there is a wisdom in an elder. Yeah. And, you know, the difference between that guy and someone that's would be qualified as a guy that walks into a church and says, hey, look, um, how do you guys do things? I want to be a part of it. Right. Because they understand that not every church is is cookie cutter. Um, and right. Like there is a reality that, um, people may not be an elder in our church, but be an elder qualified elder in another church and vice versa. Right. Like we might, we might qualify someone and someone else might not qualify them because of the differences of maybe slight nuance and how they view these qualifications. And that's okay too. So I think a wise man would walk into a situation and understand that, they, they, they're willing to be flexible and because the goal is not what title can I get? The goal is, and this always needs to be the goal in every Christian's head. How can I be part of making disciples? Because that's what God has called me to do. Yeah. Right. And whether you wear the title deacon elder or, you know, wh- whether you're setting up or breaking down, it's all part of that big goal. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so if your elders don't know how to do that, how are you going to imitate them? Exactly. Yep. Yeah, you should be able to kind of like pull any elder aside and say, how to, how did you get involved in the church? And you can realize that's a game plan. Like that right there just gave you the game plan. Mm-hmm. And the, the interesting part is, you know, from, from this angle, there's a lot of similarity in Chris, Ramil, and Thomas's like road to being an elder Mm-hmm. And you have to realize too that God raises up elders, not us. So there's also this center which realize you're recognizing what God has done. So yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple other little things that we look for: we don't look for yes men. Um, every guy needs to have his own convictions, and yet needs to be able to work together. You need guys that can defer to one another. You need guys that can say that's not my lane. I'm going to let him go. Um, you know, but at the same token, can say, hey, you know, I know this isn't my lane, but we sure about that or like can you explain that or hmm. you know you need somebody to kind of go hey can i hold up a flag and say wait a minute pause are we really you know and by the way when you when you pulled up a f- pause never is that stuff like what ramil wants to rob grand central bank <laughs> it's stuff like hey how is that going to get communicated you know what i mean like or are we asking the wrong people to climb the bigger hurdle in this? You know what I mean? So it's a lot of times it's stuff like that. Like 
have you thought about this from a different angle? So, which is what we're here for, right? Because everyone kind of thinks about things from their angle. And so it's beneficial to have somebody kind of go like, hey, I think you may be so in the trenches, you kind of are lost in the trenches here. Mm. Don't realize that what you're doing is going to impact the rest of the church. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's why hour and 45 minute sermons have not been approved yet. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. All right. Uh, There's a lot more to be said, but we'll let Thomas have a full dedicated podcast. I'm going to kill it here. Um, so this is kind of an overview of elders and a little bit of road of the, of what Thomas went through from our standpoint. And so we are going to let Anthony close us out and then, uh, we'll catch you on the next podcast for Thomas. Have a good day. Mm -hmm.